Welcome to the Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu Podcast 002 with me, George Atcherson. And to my right, Brett Hart. What's up, Brett? What's up? It's another podcast, bud. It feels like forever since we did our last one. And what's it been, about a, a week? It's been like 10 months, really. It really does. It feels like a long time. A lot has happened between now and the last podcast. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the whole competition and then we cleaned up at the competition, a bunch of people competing, that kind of stuff. I mean, it was pretty cool. I just caught myself breathing in the mic super hard. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, we have learned from the last podcast. um, My mic was too low. We apologize for that. Um, We're hoping that it's much better this time. I don't know. Maybe not. We're pretty new about this whole thing. So George is not going to breathe into it as much. I'm going to try not to. (laughs) So if anything, we'll work it out. No worries. So let's welcome my wife, Nicole Atcherson. She's in studio today. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We're (laughs) we're going to be telling our testimony just from start to where we're at now as far as how we got to Texas, our life pre-Texas, how we met, the whole nine yards. So we might we're, go. We're going to try and uh, condense 17 years to a short amount of time. We're going to try to stay an hour, but I don't foresee us. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm it's like, not. It's such a good story. So, so let's get it. Well, let's get it. Go. Tell us, tell us who you are, where you're from. My name is well. My name was Nicole Frazier. I was born in Santa Clara, California. Um, I am about to be forty-one years old, and I met George about seventeen years ago. So it was March two thousand and four when we met. Yes. So I was born in San Mateo, California. June 19th, 1978. I'm 43. I was raised by my father and just by my dad, who was a sergeant major in the Marine Corps. He was born in 1925, so he was old Corps. When I was born, he was 55 years old. He um, didn't really talk much about the war days, but my mom was a heroin addict. Um, On and off of drugs my whole life, alcoholic. You know, it was it was tough, you know, yeah. just growing up, me and him. But well, he, I, I come from a much different background um, than George does. I had a mother and a father um, until I was 13 when they got divorced. I played, was very athletic, played all the sports you could possibly imagine, played year round. Um, t- like I said, had a normal a good child. Girl. You were a good I, girl. I was a good girl. Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> I was a good girl. Um, but in t- when my parents divorced um, when I was 13, um, that kind of really ended, changed things. And then I, I kind of took a downhill spiral when I was like a sophomore in high school. So, um, so what happened when you were a sophomore in high school? Um, well, my... Between my parents getting divorced and my grandpa passing away, um, just kind of got into drugs, or not drugs at that point, just got into partying, um, stopped kind of being real focused on my athletics or my academics, and um, got real boy crazy, and um, 
started partying harder than I should have and uh, kind of got me off of course. So when I was 15 was the first time I got arrested for a car theft. And that's when I started. First time I ever smoked meth. I was 15 years old. Just a fat, chunky little 15-year-old, too. Just like (laughs) no street knowledge, no nothing. Just I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And someone said, do you want to hit this? And I was trying to be cool. And I did. And I was way out of my league. Way Got in way too deep and was drug addicted pretty much the rest of my entire adult life. um, Till I was 26. But caught... Got myself going in and out of jail a lot. Uh, my father passed away when I was 19, and I was just pretty much on my own. It was a just it just got from 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 bad to worse essentially with my drug addiction. Yeah, my during that time, I actually um, didn't do drugs. I didn't I didn't start drugs till I was. Well, I think in high school I smoked a little bit of marijuana. Um, found myself pregnant at 17. Um, at the time, I was living with my dad, and they told my dad that I couldn't go to regular high school and be pregnant, which was a lie. And so they kind of made me go to a <clears throat> to a uh, what would you call it, like a continuing education high school? Yeah, and um, yeah. for troubled youth and. I just didn't go, and so getting kicked out my, I don't know, my second semester in my senior year and didn't get my diploma, um, which I later rectified at 28. I just went down, took a GED test, and passed it, and so um, that was really important to me. Um, but so I had a baby a month before I turned 18 um, with someone who didn't want to be with me anymore, um, found myself you know, just, just an adult with a child. Um, and that was really hard. And then about a year later I got married, um, to someone who, who did drugs, um, got pregnant or got pregnant and got married. Um, and then once the, once my son was a few months old, that man talked to me into trying methamphetamines for the first time. Um, and then I was hooked for a good five years. So, so I had a, um, I had a kid at, at 19. His name's Georgie. The third, um, was with my baby's mama for about five years. We never got married or anything. We just, uh, kind of just grew apart. I kind of went my way and started to live with my mom. Um, after that kind of. Never, never ended up getting off the drugs and still getting in and out of trouble, catching assault cases and violation of probation cases and being in and out of jail, meth addicted still, just going hard. Like there's legitimately parts of my life that I absolutely can't remember. Oh, yeah. Years. Like if you ask me, what happened when you were 21? I'd say, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just absolutely do not remember. And I don't know if that's just my body's way of just 
protecting itself, my brain's way of protecting itself, God using that or in my the, life to the be drugs a, itself. Or if it was the straight <laughs> mess that had me just jacked just, up just saying. and burnt out of my gourd. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Because there's spaces of time I don't remember. What if well. it was the what if it, it's probably the lack of brain cells? True story. Is True that story. what's going on still? Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so okay. I was in jail. Yes. 2004. 2004. Got into a fight with a guy. Before jail. Before jail. Right. Yeah. Got Got into a fight with a guy, caught an assault case, and I went in front of that judge, and he said, Mr. Atchison, if I ever see you in this courtroom again, I'm going to give you prison time. He said, it's by the good graces of this court that I'm going to give you a year local, a year local county time. Don't let me see you again. So I pretty much took that year in county jail with a smile because, you know, once you get on parole, shaking that paper, they call it getting on paper when you're on parole is hard to shake because it's it's on you. For many of you like me who didn't know at the time, jail and prison are two different things. So uh, I didn't before I met George, I didn't realize that jail is one thing and prison is another. Well, I probably knew by then well, but California's notorious for its prisons right Folsom yeah. San Quentin Pelican Bay High Desert Tracy you know just yeah. gladiator schools just the worst of the worst all those gnarly and I was a two strike yes San Quentin San Quentin I said Quentin didn't did I? you oh. I, I was a two strike Folsom felon for both for assault charges and a bunch of little random drug charges and violation charges. So when he said year, I was like, let's go. Let's let's fire it up. Let's go get it. Let's go get it done. Let me get this over with. And that was before knowing you. That was before knowing me. I do you knew- think do you think if do you think you'd have been able to keep me out of jail? No. I was that far gone? Yes. Out of my mind. Out of your mind. I agree. So at this point I had been locked up for eight months. Yes. I was locked up for eight months. It was March, 2004. I had been doing about 500 pushups a day, three square meals. I was working on a road crew while I was in jail. First time I had been healthy. First time I had ever been sober for that length of time. And what he's, Forgetting to tell you, so I'm going to go ahead and, and back it up a minute. Back that we thing have up. a very mutual friend named, her name was Deanna, and she was my best friend. And um, she really, really cared for George. Um, at the time, everybody called him BG. Um, she, BG did her wrong um, quite a few times. You so, can just say you. You can say you did her wrong. You did her talking. wrong quite a few times and like she would bail me out of jail and she would make a plate of spaghetti yeah and then i would eat it and i would just bounce on run her. away from her I was a yes jerk. like he he was I'm not was proud of that not nice and so i never wanted to meet bg i never me. wanted to meet you you never wanted to meet me i never wanted to meet you i could care less i didn't want to go visit you in jail i didn't want to take her to go visit you in jail because i didn't want you to hurt her again well that changed <laughs> So it's March 2004. I look up. So at this point, I'm in the. Um, I had moved from the maximum security side of the jail uh, to finish out my sentence on the minimum security side, 
and someone said, "Hey George, you gotta, you know, you gotta visit." So I well, hadn't, hadn't you? You're missing the big, I'm not, big I'm not point about praying for some, for God to send you someone. I did. So I had been with some girls in the past that would legitimately come to the wait to the visiting room, and I'd say, "Girl, are you, are you, I think you're cheating on me." Da 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 da. And they'd be like, "Baby, I would never cheat on you." And then when I get out, I find out she's messed with all my friends and. All kinds of just crazy, crazy he's stuff. Not, right? He's not talking about me. And she and I said, I said, how could you lie to me like that? She goes, I had my fingers crossed under the table. She legit, <laughs> Brett, listen to what I'm telling you. This chick legitimately <laughs> thought that because she had her her fingers crossed under the table, that she could just straight up lie to me. Anyway, so after I went through all that kind of hardship and heartache, I said, and this is this is pre salvation. Yeah, I said. Lord, I know there's somebody out there for me. You got to send her to me, Lord, because I'm done searching. I'm I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm over it. And so one day after many times of me telling Deanna, no, I would not go with her to visit BG. Um, visit me. You can just visit, say visit you. And I, I got that. You, you can stop. Um, she asked me and she said, listen. His friend Joey is there, and you can go visit Joey, and I'll visit him, and that way you won't even have to talk to him. I said, all right, you know, tell me a little bit about Joey, and she did, and so I was like, okay, well, everyone deserves a visit in jail, you know. I, everybody? Not everybody. Well, you didn't. He did. One. He did. Yeah, well, I didn't know Joey's him. Joey's good so, people. Yeah, I, I didn't know him, so, so that's what we do. So it's my first time ever visiting someone in jail. Um. Okay, my turn. So <laughs> someone goes, "Hey, hey, George, you got a visit." So I looked up there and I saw Deanna's name, and I said, "Okay, awesome." So as I'm walking to the visiting room, I see Joey come from a different side of the jail. We kind of meet up in the middle. Me and Joey are really good. We're really good friends, and we ran around together, just me and him, all over the place, causing havoc, causing just <laughs> chaos, raining down chaos. <laughs> <laughs> no, not proud of that. Forgive me, Lord. And we get to the visiting room, and Joey cut. So we sit down, we get searched. Joey goes in before me. I come in after him, and Deanna is sitting uh, in one one chair, and Nicole's sitting to her to Deanna's right. And it's those white picnic tables. You know what I'm saying? Them white plastic picnic tables you see everywhere, Brett. So um, I sit, and at this point, uh, at the in this part of the jail. There's it's contact visits, so I could reach over and give Deanna a hug. I gave Deanna a hug. I think I didn't hug you. You at didn't that hug point. me, no. But so we're but we're, me, Joey, Nicole, and Deanna are all sitting at the same table, and so. But before that, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, what are, what's what's happening here? And um, we're sitting at these em empty tables, and the the inmates start coming out. And the inmates, the inmates. And so I go, which one's, which one's BG? And she goes, and she points at him. And I, I knew instantly I was in trouble. He come out, he had a big old smile plastered on his face. He was healthy. And I just instantly knew that that hate that I had for him was gone. And I was like, I, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm in trouble. This is not good. <laughs> so Nicole came dressed really, um, what's the word? 
classy. Classy. Like she didn't come with like trying to show cleavage or. Well, I wasn't you know, trying to pick up my my man and girl. In yes, jail. you were. Quit no, lying. No, yes, you were. That was not the main objective. So you don't like bad boys, is what you're saying? I, I do like bad okay, boys, but right, I wasn't right, trying right, to pick up right. a date. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> so I come around the corner. We all sit down. We kind of start chopping it up, and uh, we're just talking. We're just going through things and just having a good time. Well, and Joey kept trying to ask me all these questions. Well, I was more interested in what you and Deanna were talking about that I looked at Joey at one point and I put, are you writing a novel? Like, so I wanted him to quit asking me questions because I just really wanted to get in y'all's conversation. I wanted to be in y'all's mix. I didn't didn't want to talk to Joey. (laughs) So it was a great visit, right? Super happy. So at the end of the visit, you know, I hugged my friend Deanna. But there's two ways that you can hug a woman. Well, there's two ways a woman. If I hug a woman with everything I got, there's two ways she's going to take it. If I hug her really good, like double unders, maybe one under, one over, and pull her in and just give her a hug. Neck nuzzle. Neck nuzzle hug. (laughs) Like I went in. There's two ways she's going to take it. If she's not into you, she's going to be like, Ew, this creeper just <laughs> hugged me. But if she's into you, she's going to think, oh my gosh, he hugged me. That was like a good hug. I've never been hugged before. And so I would say that was a good hug. You got a 50 50 there. Can confirm George can hug really well. I'm he's, a hugger. He's a good hugger. Sounds super weird, but he is a good hugger. Top tier. Yeah. Top tier. I, yeah. Good hugger. That's a huge compliment. Yeah. You know, I didn't go for the one arm pat. No, the pat no. back, pat back, kind of just one arm. Yeah, I went. I wouldn't say like I realized what good of a hug it was, but I knew, I knew I liked the way it felt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, forward a couple months, I ended up getting out a little bit early. Well, and to. Oh, yeah, to yeah, play, yeah, there up. was a couple times I actually tried to come visit well, you him guys myself. Came back. No, you guys did come back and visit me. Oh, we did. We visited you twice? Yeah, y'all, y'all oh, came yeah, back. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Y'all came back to visit right. me, and Joey didn't come because Joey had a baby's mama, and he right. felt conflicted. But, well, and he had told you. What did Joey tell you the oh, first so visit? Oh, so on the way back to the, the, the minimum security side of the jail, um, me and Joey just kind of, after we get in search, we're putting our stuff back on, our shoes or whatever. And I was like, man, dude, that girl is so fine. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm happy for you, bro. And he looked at me, and I, I honestly, when I played this over and over and over in my mind, I don't even really think he knows what he said, but he looked at me, and he goes, she's not for me, bro. She's for you. And um, said it like it was the gospel truth. You know what I mean? Just like... From the marrow, like, this is it. She's for you. And the way I took it was just like that. Like, But I didn't even, it didn't dawn on me at the time. So a couple weeks go by. They come back to visit me. Yeah. Joey wasn't there. So it was just us three. Yeah. And we had just dumb chemistry. Just yeah, we laughing and joking and having a good time. And uh, you came back to visit me again. I tried to come back. But this facility was on lockdown. It was on lockdown one time. And the second time I tried to come by myself, um, so I was I in your, I was in your head. Or I something. was in your head. You were no, you definitely were. Like I wanted to have a conversation with just you, for sure. Like I wanted to 
to tell you what I thought you did wrong to my friend and move past that and and sounds, go from that there. sounds about like you. Yeah. So moving forward, I get out a couple months early. Um, we hook up. We 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 meet up together. We did. In the evening. In the evening. We did. Okay, we'll keep going from there. Um, and we met up again after that. Yeah. And well, the first time we met up, he tried everything he could possibly do to win my affection. Like, even though me and Deanna were there with him um, at the place he was staying, he, I like to say, George is really into hydration <laughs> because he God, never let my hydrated. cup of water go empty. <laughs> uh, he didn't care if Deanna's cup went empty. <laughs> but I always had a full glass of high-quality H2O. <laughs> you gotta stay hydrated, man. Gotta stay hydrated. Um, so, I get back on dope. I think you were on dope that day. <laughs> I was probably on dope that day. We probably all were. I get back on point. meth and start going crazy again. Yeah. Stop going to my probation officer. Stop doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. And now, um, it's just, it's not normal craziness that I'm, that I'm going through. It's like, it's getting... Paranoia. It's paranoia. It's absolute manic all the time. Where he's like Real double talking. schizophrenic. It just, it was getting... It was just like, when you when you're in something and but God completely used that to pull me to him because there was a day that I was by myself and I was in the shower and I just dropped to my knees and, and no one ever told me how to get saved. Well, before that, weren't we reading the, yes, we did hang out one time and I had two twice. We've done, we did it twice. So I had two Bibles that are called Free on the Inside that I got in jail. And I think we read Proverbs. And I had never I had never Proverbs. pulled out the Bible Proverbs. except for maybe like once or twice in jail yeah. at a church thing. I'm not don't come from a Christian background. I don't either I don't at go, all. I never have had went to never church. been to church. Yeah, never none of that. So um yes, and we did do that. But I, so there I am in the shower, completely just spiritually destitute, physically broken. And mentally traumatized at this point. I'm just, I'm a wreck. And I fall to my knees in the shower and I try to stick my face as close to the drain as I possibly, if I could have stuck my head in that drain, I would have. I was contrite. My heart was yeah. broken and grinded up into nothing. And I just said, save me. I can't do this without you. Yeah. I, I don't want to go another second without you. I can't do this. Be the Lord of my life. I give, I give in, I give up on myself. I just want you save me, Lord. And no one had ever said like, this is salvation. This is how you get to heaven. I had no idea about none of that. Yeah. I was just, God used that absolutely in my life to break me down to the point to where that was the time I was supposed to be saved. Well, that and, was a, his calling. I mean, that one was when it, his calling was. And the crazy thing about it is at the time I was living with Deanna's grandmother, who is a devout Christian. And she always 
she always surrounded herself with she's she recently passed away um i look forward to the day in heaven where i can thank her but um she recently passed away but she um kind of surrounded herself with drug addicts and people who had lost their way and her big thing was to try and reach them for christ and she was a soul winner she was a soul winner absolutely and so it was right about the same time that that you were you had given your life to christ that i had gone back to her house and we were sitting in her car i think i was taking her to run some errands and she just looked at me and she brought up jesus and she asked me if i had a personal relationship with him and I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know really who Jesus was. I mean, I'd heard of Jesus, but not really, and not to to the extent that he even died on the cross to, to save our sins. I, I didn't even know that. And so, I mean, I just knew that I needed something. I, there was something I needed, um, someone that I needed because in the- my because the void, you can't fill it with dope. Can't you can't fill, fill it. it with sexual desire. I tried to fill it with everything. And so she led me down um, the Romans Road and prayed with me. And and that's the day I accepted Christ as my Savior. And what is crazy is it couldn't have been more than a week or two apart from when Maximum George... Maximum two weeks. Yes. But we, we never even talked about it. We, we never even had a conversation like, Nicole, guess what? I right. got saved today. Because we didn't even know what that meant. We didn't even know what salvation was. So she, on the compound where she she lived, it was like this kind of community. They had a church. And so we would go see her. Like, George, would you would come spend the night with me occasionally. And she, there were many times where she would just sit down with us and talk to us about Jesus. And, um... And then we, we started going to church with her. And I'd say we went once or twice. And through that time, I we were just kind of getting sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know. And uh, you looked at me and you said, I'm, I, we just were frustrated. And he said, I know a place where we can go. And I said, you do? He said, yeah. I said, where's that? He's like, well, my mom lives in Eastland, Texas. And you said... Do you know any drug dealers there? And I said, no. And you said, let's, let's go. go. So I had a $1,000 check for the job that I was working at. I was an yeah. apprentice taper at a drywall company. I had a $1,000 check. Well, I, the only reason I had asked him if he knew of someone who sold drugs is because I was watching this man lose his mind um, to the point where he could he was seeing things that weren't there. He was like, he would try and double talk me and I, I, I wouldn't do it. I just would be like, I'm done talking. I like, was tormented. Um, it was, he was tormented and my love and concern for him was more important than drugs was for me in my life. Like I, I saw that Satan was winning the battle with this man that I cared, that I cared about and I could, that I saw so much potential in jail, uh, you know, when he was sober and clean and I, I knew what he could be and what the Lord wanted for his life at the time. I didn't know that it was the Lord, what the Lord, you know, had for him, but I knew him so differently that I would have done anything to get him away from drugs. And so we didn't plan. My mom lives in Eastland, Texas. 
lived in Eastland, Texas, and I had been out here a few times on the Greyhound bus, just jump on the bus and shoot out here. Um, and it was the most tranquil, relaxing, peaceful, quiet place I'd ever been in my life, and I absolutely could not take it. Yeah. I was so addicted to chaos and unpeace and unrest and spiritual. It was normal for you. It was normal. Yeah, it was my normal. So the second I got away from that when I was younger, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. So we didn't plan on coming out here to live. No, we did not. So we grabbed duffel bags full of clothes. We did. We went That's to the had, Greyhound bus station in Stockton, California. Yep. Got on the bus. My mom gave me money for my ticket. Got on the bus. And took the 36-hour bus right out here. We did. Do you remember waking up? We got to El Paso. I remember hitting South California, the Southern California, where I had never been, and seeing the Mojave Desert and driving through the Mojave Desert for like what felt like days on end and asking George where in the world he was taking me because I was from the Delta in California and lakes and rivers and trees and Sierra Nevadas, Sierra Nevadas, like beautiful country, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, Half Moon Bay, Ocean. Monterey. Yes. yes, beautiful, beautiful places. <laughs> and we're driving through the Mojave and we'd been in desert for A days. Sweater weather all the time. <laughs> Hoodie weather all the time in California. Yeah. Right? In Northern California. Where yeah. we're at. But now, so, and I remember we got to El Paso. She's like, you know, I don't even know if this woman had ever looked at the Texas Texas I had, on a map. I mean, I had seen Texas. Brett, we got but I to didn't El Paso. How big it was. We got to El Paso, and she's like, "Yay, we're in Texas." We're I'm like, there, I'm said. like, no, ma'am, we're not. Like, just relax. Like, we're not there yet. Then again, when we got to Midland, Odessa, she woke up. She looks out the window, and she's like, "It better get better soon." I'm like, "Hang in there. We're almost there. We're not to the He's tree like, line." I, I promise. There's trees where we're going. I'm like, there better be. And everybody knows that the tree line starts in about Abilene. Well, it's, right? it's like 1 o'clock in the morning at this point. 2 o'clock in the morning. So we get to Eastland. My mom picks us up, and we come back. My mom lived on Seaman Street. I don't know if that means anything on the podcast, but anyway. Right around the corner from here, we kind of hang. What well, we slept for like three days. Well, I remember waking up the next day and looking out the window to make sure there were trees. <laughs> you were like, where am I? I was about to say, were you kind of thrown off with the fact that these trees out here are more like just really big shrubs? Big bushes. Bushes. Yeah. Yes. Really big bushes. Very very different from trees. I was about to say, it's almost not even trees. A mesquite, (laughs) yeah. A mesquite tree is not a tree. It's a bush, in my opinion. Small towns, 60,000, right? Small towns, you know, there's not every, it's just all connected. I mean, it's just from, from the Bay Area. You have all the way into Livermore and Pleasanton, and then it kind of breaks at the Altamont, and then you get into like Tracy, and then we're at Tracy, Manteca, Modesto, Stockton, Sacramento. Moved out of the Bay Area. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's just so built up. It's just all pretty much connected. So when we so we lived into a town of sixty thousand people, which was considered a small town in California. We get here, we're down a couple days, just a couple days, and. Got a job. Had some nightmares. That was about it. Some weird nightmares both of us did. Yeah. Just that. That was about it. That was the... For people who had done heavy meth for as long as we had, there was no... Withdrawals. Withdrawals. There was no... Starts with D. What's it called? Detox. Detox. Yeah, there was no there was like no detox. There was no, no side nothing. effects. We slept a little bit, ate a little bit, slept decided a little bit more. to go on a walk. 
And this was in October. So it was just starting to cool off. It was still nice. It was like, yes. it was like still like, it was 50 degrees in the morning. It was nice. Yeah. So we got nice. here when it was nice. So, so we walked down the street and I saw this guy. He was painting a door. And uh, we walked about a half a block farther. And what did I say? I think I need to ask that guy for a job. I walked about a half block past this guy. And I told her that. And I turned around. And I walked back. And I walked up to him. And I said, hey, sir, my name is George Atcherson. Blah, blah, blah. I'm from California. Da, 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 da. I said, I'm really looking for some work. I just got here. And he said, he, he set his paintbrush down. And he, and he looked at me. And he goes, well, hey, I'm Ken Smith. And I tell you what, he goes, I, I am about to do uh, uh, a renovation on the house in DeLeon. He said, but that's on Monday. He said, I definitely would like to use you. I want to see you Monday. He said, but hey, I go to Bethel Baptist Church. Come see us Sunday. And, I, and in, like the first human contact that we had outside of my mom's house, yeah. I got a job and someone invited me to church. Like that quick. Like I was like, mm-mm. But did we go? Not that Sunday. Not that Sunday. We did not go. No, we did. But didn't. did you go to the job on Monday? Absolutely. And we did. And I went because to the job. at this point, we were just thinking we needed to make enough money to survive on while we were here, and then get back to California because we were not planning on staying. You had two kids there. I had I two had kids. Kid yeah, I had two kids that I had left with their fathers. Um, because this wasn't a long-term. This plan. wasn't a long-term plan. This was a, hey, let's go get off dope for a minute. Yeah, seventeen years later, but here I, I am. Let's just go hang out over here. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let, there was no thought process behind. Hey, let's go start a life. Let's right. go, you know, bring everything we got. We could save up. We just showed up, and that was, that was it. Is everything going okay, Brett? Yeah, yeah, I think everything's okay. fine. Just so, so, that being said. Um, I went to work with him and we started going to church. We started going to church with him and, and Ken was one of the most influential people in my Christian walk that I, I've had to date because on the way from Eastland to Deleon, what's it about 35 minutes for anything from Eastland to Deleon? Yeah, it's not that long. So from Eastland to Deleon is about 35 minutes, 40 minutes, but I would have these conversations with Ken like all right, look, if Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, how did people go to heaven before Christ? Right. Those hard-to-ask questions where young Christians don't know the answers to. Right, especially so, those that have never been in church. Yeah, saved, never been church. Don't even know what being he saved He discipled means. me. I yes. he, he was. I was with him. I was under his wing. Like, things that were so foreign to me. Like, we would go into a cafe. This dude would break his Bible out. Right. Yeah, and we didn't have a TV. And so while he was doing this, I just stayed home and read my Bible all day long. It was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Like, Listen, so we... End up getting our first check. We move from our house, from my mom's house. We get that little two bedroom house on Connor Street. It was like three hundred bucks a month rent. We got it on a handshake and a high five from the yeah. guy. Like we didn't even sign the application True. or anything. No credit check. And here we are from Cali. You, everything is background check. This, that, and the what other. What's his name? Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. E. C. Carter. E. C. Carter. Or C. E. Carter. C. E. Carter. So S. E. S. E. S. E. Carter. S. E. Carter. He just recently passed away. I know. But. Bless his heart. He yeah. was awesome. And he, he just shook great. my hand. I said, "Sir," I said. He goes. I said, "How much is?" He goes, three twenty-five and three twenty-five deposit." I said, "Well, I got two fifty right now." He stuck his hand out. So when you gonna have the rest? I said, "Have the rest Friday." He said, "Okay." Shook my hand. Yeah. Shook his hand. That was it. So we had our own place, but we didn't have a lick of furniture. Nothing. Nothing. You know, we're we coming here with duffel bags, and we didn't even know. 
Like this isn't a. It's not like we sat down and said, "Let's get a house." Let's get a place. We were just sick of staying with my mom. We it just God kind of navigated our life at this point. Yes, like it was like all what other people would say coincidence or um, right place, right like time. right place, right time. But it was truly and honestly God directing our path and where He wanted us to be for because sure. we weren't looking for our own place. We we had we had no. Long-term plan, no, no short-term plan. No. We were just rolling through it. Yeah. So we had started going to church at Bethel. We got this little house. Um, right before, well, right before we had got the house, we had gotten a call about Dylan. And I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep into this other than um, I had gotten a call from um, Deanna who my mom had called um, because Dylan was in CPS custody um, because his stepmom and dad beat him. And later we found out that they had been beating him here and there um, kind of for a couple years, torturing him, not feeding him, all, all kinds of all kinds of things that, you know, I, I didn't been know. Through and it. Dylan, Dylan has been through Everybody it. Everybody knows our son Dylan. Yeah, he's a he's a great kid and the he best. has been through it. So we had gotten that call that he was in CPS custody and what did I want to do about it? Well, my first thought is, well, I'm going to go back to California. I'm going to go get my kid you out. Get of, off the phone. We're at my mom's house. We're, we're yes. backtracking. We're backtracking. We get off the phone. You get off the phone. Yes. And I had never been down for anybody in my life, really, honestly, as far right. as you know, maybe slightly attempted for my baby's mama, but not really just like, what's up? I'm down. Right. So I looked at you and I said, I'm down for whatever, whatever you want to do. do. If you want to go back, I'll ride. Yeah. If you want to stay, let's stay. But this, well, that's the this long point. The, uh, the only thing we had going for us right now was this job with Ken Smith and, job we were and our sobriety and, and our sobriety and church. And so, and it had only been two weeks. Like, honestly, we got here October 16th. I had gotten the call on Halloween that they had picked up And we're going to keep it all the way real. Yeah. Was, we smoked weed a couple times. Yeah, we had smoked weed while we were here. Once or twice. Um, yeah, not... Not very much. Then we started getting into church, and that yeah, stopped. and that stopped. But, yeah. we re but when we really... When God really gave us the strength to, like, put the stamp on it, mm -hmm. is when you got that phone call, yeah. you said... Uh, I, I, you said, I don't know why I'm a runner, but I want to stay. Yeah. And I, and we looked at each other and we said, that's it. That's it. We're no done. No more drugs. We're done smoking weed. And that was the only done drug we had weed. ever done here yep. in, te in Texas. Um, and that was really kind of my thing. I thought I would never stop smoking weed. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I never thought that would happen. But when that happened with Dylan, we made that pact that, we would do whatever it took to get Dylan out here. And honestly, it was a God thing. I just felt it so, I felt so much peace in my soul about staying in Texas and not going to California because I know it had, I gone back to California, I would have gotten right back into drugs and I wouldn't have had right Dylan. back on the meth pipe, right back on the meth pipe. I would have, and I didn't realize it at that situation, but, or at that time, but it was God telling me, no, you're going to be in Texas. You're like going to live your life in Texas. Dylan's going to live his life in Texas. And so that was October 31st, um, 2004. And long story short, after lots of 
lots of classes, court lots dates. of court dates in California. Prayer. A CPS worker got on an airplane with my son Dylan, who was four at the time, and flew him to um, DFW. DFW, where I picked up my baby and here's where he's been ever since till he moved out with and his so, wife. <laughs> and so we're, let's, we're going to, I'm going to back back up a second. So remember yeah. me saying that when we left, when I was in California, I was violating probation. I had seen judges that had told me Mr. Atcherson and I had, not, I had another assault warrant in Stockton, California, which is the same, the same County as Manteca. Um, but he, that judge also told me, I dare you to let me see you in this mm-hmm. in this courthouse again. If you, if I see you again, you're going to the prison. So that's two judges in two different towns, same county, both for violent fights with men. Because in California, they do not play, not with violence. You can you can have dope galore, yeah. and you're good. They're gonna give but you. But if you a get in a fight, class. oh no 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 no, they will try to absolutely murk you. It's rough. So. I left California violating trans state compacts, parole or uh, probation violations, all kinds of crap. So as God began to crack away the concrete around my heart, and as we started to um, grow in Christ, uh, going to church and being around believers and being loved and being into his word, God started weighing on me. He started weighing on me like, you need to go take care of those warrants. And I'm like, No. No, 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 no. And it was it would it was just constant and it wouldn't leave me alone and it was it was just wrecked my peace. And at that point, one thing that if some of y'all everybody knows this, peace becomes so addicting once you've never had it before. Once you've lived if you've lived that chaotic life and you've been you know regardless if it's drugs if it's this if it's that if it's that if you've lived a life of unrest and unpeace and then you get peace into your life and then God popped up like listen <laughs> peace is mine you need to go take care of these things and I'm like no 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 I don't have the money that's what I said I don't have the money so tax time comes <laughs> we go to h and r block. For some reason, they couldn't give us the rapid refund. They told us it had something to do with Nicole's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so they said, but what you can do is you can file a paper return, send it into the um, IRS, and you know, you'll know you get your money. So that's what we did. That's what we and did. I remember making a deal with God. <laughs> I said, all right, Lord, if you really, if I get this money, because I won't be able to use that as an excuse, I'll go take care of those warrants. I'll and, make the phone call. And for me, when we would go back to California, because we had gone back a couple times. I had been there for court dates for Dylan, and we had gone back a couple times, like, for vacation. For me, to go back to California meant we'd have all of our kids together at at one time, and we'd all be, you know, it, it'd be a vacation. You know, I wasn't thinking about the... It, exactly what George was up against. And yeah, the fact I'm looking that at like he, 15 years. Yeah, and I'm you know thinking, I mean? yay, it's, vacation. It's, and she, <laughs> God protected her mind in a way <laughs> he really that did. like on the day before the court date, we're at the park and she's we're playing with our kids and I'm freaked out. I'm absolutely <laughs> wrecked. Scared. 
And um, we have so, like sixty letters of recommendation yeah, so, from the people so, in the so community. We, it was crazy. I get the phone at work. The phone rings. I didn't have a cell phone then. The phone rings. They say, George, you have a phone call. I get on the phone, it's Nicole. She goes, Babe, we got our income tax check in. <laughs> it's twenty eight hundred dollars. And I'm like, Oh no. No. No, 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 no. No. This can't be happening. <laughs> this ain't real. Right? I'm like, it's going to be great. My family's going to have a welcome back from barbecue. Texas barbecue with all my family. <laughs> like, it's going to be and so, so much fun. I <laughs> got home that night and I told her this is what I got to do. So she was excited about going to see her family. I straight up called Manteca Courthouse, made a court date. Called Stockton Courthouse, made a court date for the same day. One was yeah. at nine a.m. and one was at one um, one p.m. Yeah, and they're in the same county, but they're about 30, 40 minutes away. So, where are they not? They're and take it to Stockton. Yeah, twenty five like minutes. Fifteen. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Twenty maybe. Anyway, they're they're pretty close. So, eight o'clock, we get to the courthouse. The front is open, and the crazy thing is, is that I go and I look at the in custody paperwork, and at the very bottom of the in custody paperwork is my homie Joey, the, the one same that guy I went that was, to go visit <laughs> that we all visited that day, and at the very top, right next to Joey's name and out of custody, is my name, and I'll never forget it. So it's me, Nicole. And my mom. No, it was your dad. It was Pat. But your mom wasn't there. It was Pat. Okay. So we're there, and I watched them. So at this point, I have, look, I've been drug free a long time. I got a job. You know, it's we been got years Dylan since back. We, had left we got Boo Boo's been born. You know, my daughter Faith has been born. Like, yeah, it it's been, been a while. And at this point, I don't have a driver's license. It's been five I'm, or six years. Yeah, I'm like, 29 30 years old at this point never in my life have ever had a driver's license my license got suspended before i ever even had a license so in california you get an x number which means that you have a driver's license number it's just they got that x on the front because it's suspended so i had never had a driver's license and um so we're at at the at the courthouse in manteca and I have so, so we've been, been clean. Everything's going great. Um, I got all these letters of recommendation, and I watch a public defender walk by. I watch her walk by again, and I watch her walk by again. And I stopped her. I said, "Hey, my name is George Atherson. I'm from Eastland, Texas. I got in trouble here back in 19 da, 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 in 2004. I left. I'm off drugs. I got a job. I got a house. I'm married. I got God in my life. I'm working hard. I'm doing the right thing. This is me. Can you help me? And I handed her all those letters of recommendation. I said, this is 65 letters of recommendation. I said, I got letters from my boss, my pastor, people, uh, you know, deacons, da, 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 people in the community, managers here, managers there, these people. So I just had this stack. And she, and I'm talking this fast. And my energy is because my nerves are going 100 miles an hour and you know she's she's in a hurry she's seeing all she's in a hurry but for some way she's absorbing it she's catching every word that i'm saying as she's looking through she takes it from me as she's looking through she goes hold on be right back she walks into the court courtroom it's still it hasn't even desk we were in the court it it hasn't no we weren't we were outside of the courtroom and we hadn't gone in yet they call this other guy's name 
He goes in before court. He comes out in cuffs. They walk him out in cuffs. Do you remember that? Yes. They walked this yes. cat out in cuffs. As they're walking him out, they're like, George Atcherson? And I'm like, no, no, no. I see what you did to the last guy before court. I don't want to go in there. So I walk in there. There sits the same judge that told me if he saw me again, he was going to throw the book at me. And at this point, all the lights aren't even on in the courtroom. There's just the clerk, the DA, the public defender, me, her father, her father-in-law, and her. And the DA's like... Stepdad. Stepdad? Yeah, he's my stepdad, not my father Anyway, the, the DA's like, no. No way. And she's like, this is why I do this job. This is why we do this. So people can change. And she's, I mean, she's got the bat, bro. And she's swinging it like a katana. She's like, yakka, yakka. I mean, she's going to battle for me on straight up just going hard and heavy. Everything she got. And I'm just sitting there. I had to be white as a ghost, dude. I was scared to death. I was scared to absolute death. I was shaking all the way through. I was freaked out. I said, I said, the judge looks at me. He kind of pulls his glasses down. He said, Mr. Atcherson, the last time I seen you, did I say I was going to send you to prison? I said, yes, sir. He said, it looks like you're a changed man. I said, yes, sir. He said, can you pay $50 a month, Mr. Atcherson? And I said, yes, sir. He goes, okay, I want you to pay the $3,600 in fines that you sat out in jail last time you came and last time you were locked up. I want you to pay those off. You're on informal probation. And you probation. need to go see, no, you need You're to go see informal your probation, probation officer. But I want you to go see your probation officer right now. Go check in. So that was a, that was a work of God. So we head to Stockton to adult probation. And if anybody knows anything about Stockton, California, it's nasty. Yeah. It's rough. Murderers, murderers. It's crazy. So you walk up into adult probation, and these probation officers, they've heard it all. They've heard it all. They don't care. They're they in their mind. You're another number, and nobody changes because you see the same goofballs yeah. all the time. So I walk in there. She takes me in the back. The probation officer does. Well, she comes down and she goes, George Atcherson, you are not going back to Texas. You violated an interstate trans something compact. compact. You left the the state of California without without us telling you you can. So you are not going back to Texas. I don't care what job you have, how many letters you give me. You're going to pee in this cup and I'm going to take you to court. And you're not going back to you're at not least going for back six months. Yes, she so told me that. He but said, t- "No, I have I have return flights home. Like we day have to go tomorrow. home. Day after tomorrow, I'm supposed yeah. to fly home." So she goes, home. "I don't care about none of that." She's like, "You, you ain't going home. You ain't going home." Yeah. She's like, "Get comfortable because you're going to do at least six months here." Yeah. So now I'm just we are stressed. I'm up, down. I'm just beat up, and I. Go to the other. Um... I remember we we were so far off drugs by this point. George had had a tooth pulled like the week before, and had gotten a prescription of Vicodin because you when they pulled your tooth, it was so bad that you had taken one or two. Then when out. they pulled, he was freaked out. Thankfully, we had the prescription with us, but like that's how scared we were because. You know, we were that far removed from drugs so, at, by so, this point. So we go to the courtroom, and in California, we're at the Superior Court in Stockton, California. It's like legit, right? Like the big 
he's the judge is sitting up high. It's all nice and beautiful wood. So in, in California, um, anybody that is in custody and has a translator goes first. Out of custody, translator goes second. In custody, no translator third. And out of custody, no translator goes fourth. So the judge is seeing all but everybody who needs translators and non murderers, the rapists. Dude, there was the, home invasions uh, with rape. There was um, murders. There was uh, robberies. Like there it. was um, high-speed police chases, uh, assault on um, a police officer. So I'm he talking, was not in a good mood. No, dude. No, he was not a good. He so he went through everything, and in the, in the court, uh, then again, it's the clerk, the DA, the public defender, and the judge, and me and Nicole, and we're sitting there. We're the last ones in the court. We're courtroom. the only ones there. We've been sitting there since one. It's four. He's but a- to back it up for a minute, there was someone who told George before they're, we they're left, they're going to lose my file. They're going to lose your file, and we're like, okay, Corey whatever. said that. Corey's like. Dude, I don't know why I feel feel like they're he, gonna lose I feel your like file. they're gonna lose your file, and we just this legit happened. He legit told me they're gonna yeah, lose your file. He did. So I'm sitting there, and he goes, "Where's his file? Who's this guy? Who's left of the party?" He's like, "Where? Who are you guys?" And then he said, "Where's his file?" He and I said, "We we can't find it." He goes, "I'm gonna go in my quarters. I'll be right back. Find his file." So he walks in the back. He Five did. minutes go by, and they're scurrying, dude. It's scary to watch that, these people. But you pulled another public defender. You pulled the public defender in. I said, I got 60 letters of recommendation right here. I said, I'm off the dope. I've, I haven't gotten in trouble. I got a job. I got a wife. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And he goes. I just, I, I just took a clean drug test. Like, yeah. He goes, he just puts his hand up. Like he doesn't even, he, he's just stopped. And I just stopped. I just didn't know what else to say. So, um. The judge comes back out and he stands in the door of his quarters. And now he's got his, I'll never forget his shirt. He had his, his judge robe off. He had yes. a red Bermuda shirt with the birds of paradise on it. Yes. And he, he was goes, like ready to go golfing. Yeah. And then he said, <laughs> did we find his file? And they're like, no, sir. He said, find his file. And I'm like, oh Lord, help me please father. Yes. Because this is getting real hype he's real quick. He's getting more and more he's mad. Furious, he wants to be gone. Dude. He had he's, a 3 p.m. tea time. I'm sure. <laughs> he was so upset. So at this point, the judge walks back up to his thing. They can't find my file. And they're talking lingo that I don't. You're using seven, eight dollar words. And I'm a gu- five, <laughs> I'm a nickel gumball word guy. You know what I mean? I'm a Cracker Jack guy. So they, the, the public defender walks up to me and he goes, sign this. And I'm like, I got to go back. He just, he put his hand up again, like, shut up. Like I interrupted his favorite TV show. <laughs> shut up. You know, sign this. So I signed it. And what that paper was, it was uh, an okay from the judge for us to go back to Texas and have a public defender fight my case while we were gone. So I'm leaving. But he said, make sure you tell your public, the probation <laughs> officer. So I called the probation officer from the airport. We were I'm so like, excited. I'm like, Mrs. Williams, this is George Atcherson. <laughs> uh, the judge said he's going to be sending you over a piece of paper that allows me to leave the state while a public defender fights my case. She goes, huh. She goes, well, good luck, Mr. Asher said. And I said, thank you. And we were gone. So we, were we gone. left. We were back to Texas. <laughs> so get back to Texas. Call the public defender. 
facts are the 65 letters of recommendation that I have. And all the other stuff. All the other stuff. Check stubs. Just everything from the other court. The whole nine yards. Never. Got all my I's dotted. T's crossed. She left goes, her a thousand messages. She says thank you. And she never calls me back. I have court in 28 days. And I counted every day. And I called her three or four times a day. She never returned a single phone call. Can you imagine, bro? Can you imagine thinking that everything was going to be ripped from you? And there was a possibility that you had to go to prison in California for something that you did years ago. Yeah. You throw yourself at the foot of the throne and say, Father, whatever you want to do, I'm here. I'm with the good graces of the court and your will, Lord. Whatever you want, it's yours. Scary, dude. Absolutely bone-shaking Scared. Terror. Terror. Freaked out. So then what happened 28 days later? 28 days later, I'm at Higginbotham's. I'm in the back room. They say, George, you got a phone call. I pick the phone up. And she's like, Mr. Hatcherson? And I immediately start getting after her. But I'm getting after her like heartbroken. How come you haven't called me? I've been freaking out. It's been 28 days. I've been calling you every day. How come you haven't talked to me? And she goes, George, she goes, honestly, I didn't know how to tell you you were going to go to prison. She said, because Judge Lucicini was going to put you in prison if you if he was there today. She said, my judge, my judge would have put you in judge prison. Judge Lucicini, which is one, one of the judges who told George, if I ever see you in this court again. She said, I didn't I'm know how to tell you that you were going to prison. She said, but Judge Lucicini wasn't here today. She said, he didn't call. She said, in 15 years, that, that judge had never missed a day. She said, the judge that was there said that I could have informal probation and just pay off my fines. And stay in Texas. Stay in Texas. So that was a That was huge, your big faith builder. That faith was a builder, big faith builder. Where my faith builder was Dylan, getting Dylan. Coming out here. Getting out here. And um, his big faith builder was that for sure. Dude, scary. Oh, scary. I, I talk about it right now. I guarantee if I looked at my whoop stick, my heart rate is up well, and, 115, and through, right Through now. all this time, the crazy thing about it is, you know, we couldn't see our other two kids. Um, I have an older son named Tony and, and George, of course, has uh, Georgie. Georgie. And the only time we would see him was when we could go to California and they couldn't come here. Well, God worked that out. And Georgie came here and Tony, Tony came, came here. here. And we had all long, of our kids. Long story short, they all they all lived with us under one roof at one point for a while. And they're all still here to this day in Texas. All of them live in Texas <laughs> Uh, no, maybe okay. Yeah. Sorry, we had a sidebar real quick. Okay, um, hold on. I got to take a break for Nicole's casseroles. Okay. <laughs> so that, you know, been in Texas since 2004. Um, just been blessed here, man. But, you know, that's, it's one of those deals where like, you just can't judge a book by the cover. You got to put your faith in Christ. And we've just been blessed, man. Every single time I hear that story, I'm like, I, I don't even have my mic on anymore. I bet, you're, I bet if you checked here. your whoop, I bet you it's crazy too. It's definitely up there. But I'm just, at this point, I'm just sitting here like, this is the greatest thing ever. Every single time I've heard it. Yeah, it's just insane, man. It was just, and we could probably spend three hours talking about little this and that that's happened between there, you know, um, and that's that's the funny part is because the the closer and closer that we've got together, the more 
like little tidbit of stories I've heard over time. You know what I mean? Like at one time, like you didn't even talk about that you worked at the airplane. Uh, what is that? The yeah, the factor? propeller it wasn't shop. A, the propeller, the propeller shop. shop. Yeah, the mm-hmm. propeller shop. You didn't talk about that. You didn't tell me. You know, there's so many stories that just enrich it more that we just don't have time for. No, dude. No. And I get so fired up. If she wasn't here to keep me on track through telling our testimony i don't know if i i just i there's so many rabbit holes to go down you know what i mean oh yeah but it's just so awesome to be able to glorify god in the middle of the whole situation and just be able to say you know we've gone through this because of the lord you know the lord has really made this a faith building thing in our in our lives but um so what else on that well i didn't really hear where where he ended because i was just out of the oh i'm not even talking to the microphone I didn't really uh, hear where you ended because I was at the front door. We just talked about, you know, how it's just awesome to be able to glorify God through our testimony. And through then, like, we, you know, started teaching the youth. We we taught the youth. um, For like 12 years. For like 12 years, a really long time. And we were able to pass down the struggles that we've been through. And, you know, the times we didn't know God compared to the times that we knew God and it it was such an amazing thing to see where we were to where God had brought us um and the people that have been there to help us along the way the godly Christian people there's too many I mean there's absolutely too many to name there's and there's another situation I mean a lot of well Maybe not a lot of you know, I don't know, but I am currently fighting stage four metastatic breast cancer that has moved to my liver, my lungs, my lymph nodes, my brain. Um, I'm sure there's other people, other places, but I can't remember at the top of my mind right now, but um, and we'll, we'll, we'll go into more detail about that because I think we've taken up a lot of time already um, and that that story that's is a long that's a chapter. whole nother <laughs> that's a, a huge chapter of of our life and but we'll definitely do that one too. yes we will but you know and and so just talking about our testimony and how we're able to use it you know um one thing so about part two come, what are you doing? one thing one thing about jujitsu <laughs> that people say a lot is that um you don't lose you learn and when i first heard that i felt like uh, okay well, it still feels like losing, but um, in the time of hindsight and reflection on the loss, it's one of those things where, like, if I can use the pain and the unrest and the grief and the hurt and the godlessness that I had in my life, the absolutely being spiritually just crushed, to where if I can help somebody out with something they're going through because I've gone through it and be able to say, hey, look, this is what I would do or this is what God did in my life yeah. and I'm able to glorify God through every one of those painful moments. The victory for Christ and the those wins in the battle are so much, they're so worth it. They're so worth all the years that I can't remember. Right, because at the end of the day, eternity is for eternity. Yeah. Those years are just those years are nothing 
that I can't remember. Those brokenness, those times, those shattered times, they have absolutely no value on the scale of eternity, right? How small is well, that? Well, they do the have value because well, I they, believe we, that God has taken all those heartbreaks and all right. of that and he made he made our story into a testimony that we can use and we can tell people to lead other people who might be going through something similar or know of somebody who's going through something similar and that story that you know all that hurt all that pain everything we went to it then becomes glory for god and he uses it for his glory, not our own glory, because we didn't do any of that. That was all God in our hey, lives. We don't even know where this podcast is going to go. Yeah. We have no idea if this not. thing, once you put it, once you get your back end work on iTunes and Spotify and you get it up and our logo straightened out, we don't know if who's going to hear this. Yes. But I, I, it hope, might, listen, it I might hope be. one person is going through something that we've been through and maybe can lean, learn to lean on God and. And let God show up huge in their life, like He showed He has shown up in our life. It's been this one has been hard to just be hundred percent vulnerable yeah. because of the the when you think about and um, there we're we're missing so much. I mean, that's what we were saying. There's earlier. so much. I we mean, there's so earlier. much that we that that we, we didn't even talk. About we didn't even well. touch. We didn't even hit on. But if we, get, but if it like if it glorifies God, the vulnerability and putting myself out there and her putting herself out there. Cause like it's hard for a mom to say, "I left my kids." That's one of the hardest yeah. things a mom can say. Absolutely. But she. But, but I felt so strongly, and I felt I had so much peace about it, and I didn't know. I know now where that peace came from, but even hearing Dylan, like my, that what what happened with Dylan that he was in CPS custody, my initial thought was run to California get yourself put in jail where she is and go kill her. I, I mean, that was my initial thought. Like, I'm, I'm, she hurt my baby. You know what I mean? They're supposed to be taking care of him and she hurt him. And, um, God said, no, 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 no. You know, that was my flesh. God was like, I got you. I, I got you. And I was just so at peace. I said, I think, I think God wants us here. And, and that's when we found the house and all that. So, um, and through all that loss, we have learned a lot of things and yes. we have been able to minister to a lot of people who have, that are in the middle of some of the same situations that we're in right now. Yes, we're able to say, absolutely. Hey, look, I did this and this is what happened and yeah. God blessed us. And we've been able to just, and you know what else I've learned through, through this pain that we have in our testimony being as wild as it is, is that it doesn't matter if someone feels pain over losing their cat or if they find out their wife has cancer. Pain yeah. is pain. And yeah. you can't judge somebody else's pain. And worry pain. is worry. Yeah. Well, I can't judge your pain because your cat passed away. And then me say, well, my wife has cancer. Well, you want to talk about my, we want to talk about pain? Let me tell you about pain. Okay, let me tell you about real pain. Let me tell you about real devastation. Let me tell you about real hardship. Because if I look at pain that way, and I look at you with the pain of your cat, and you're going through it, and I don't, I don't, if I don't judge your pain compared that, to my that pain, that could be the worst pain you've ever gone through. And I and and I'm able to help because of the pain that I've gone through. So pain is pain, right? Pain is pain. Worry yeah. is worry. Hurt is hurt. So yeah. that's one of the things that I've learned um, just from. Are what we've gone through. Absolutely. One of the many things, right? One of the many, many, many things. <laughs> well, um, that's that's it for me 
right now. We'll talk about cancer later. I'm going to go ahead and give the mic over to Brett. Um, and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Um, I would love, you can look me up on Facebook under Nicole Atcherson. Uh, I think on Instagram, I'm Nikki and I K K I underscore Atcherson. Um, I think that's what it is. I'm not exactly positive, but if it's different, we'll, we'll let you guys know. So anyways, bye. Bye. Thank you, Nicole. Dude, I know my heart rate's going crazy right now. I check. I checked the whoop. You were up at like five point six or something like really? that. I don't know, but it, but it hasn't. It hasn't updated yet. So, who who knows where you're at? Five point five point four. Five points of work. Um, Golly, that's a good, such a good story. And I'm a I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for good stories. I stories love it. are legit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Real quick. So we're going to be doing our 30th week in the Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu Bible study this week. 30 weeks strong. Oh, 31 weeks. 31 weeks? Mm, yeah, I think it's 31. Yeah, because last, two podcast, last week. Second podcast, 31 weeks with Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu Bible study. That's correct. That's crazy. It's rolling. Very crazy. Um. Her Instagram is N-I-K-K-I underscore Atcherson. And then, like she said, Nicole Atcherson And she means Facebook. it, dude. If you hit her up, she will absolutely yeah, for message. Sure. And we'll pray for you as a family the whole nine yards. We'll get after it. And that's something we wanted to get into a little bit deeper um, is this is all about building support networks and that kind of thing. Um, we have an email, whether if you want to just email, say thanks, you know, or we suck, whatever it is, you know. Um, <laughs> I hate you guys. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> we hate everything you stand for. Um, we have an email, which is, it's kind of long, but Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu podcast at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. Um, you can email us, email us there. Uh, or you can contact us on Instagram. George is at Zilla BJJ, and I'm at Brett Hart One, all lowercase as well. I mean, that's the that's the quickest way to get in contact with me is through Instagram, and then George probably Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Email to that email. Obviously, Facebook is George Atcherson, but. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we we've, we've been thinking about how to had a friend of ours listen to the first podcast and she had mentioned her name's Trisha Trisha had mentioned man you guys should kind of end this thing with like a Bible verse or something and so if you look on my Instagram on the Gi of the Godzilla um, it has Ephesians two twenty through twenty two and Brett's gonna read that. Let me grab it real quick. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start in 19 just because it'll make more sense that way. Good. So it says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, mm. Jesus Christ himself being there, being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being the fitted whole together building. Grown, grows into a holy temple of the Lord. 
in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Mm. I love that verse, man. And jiu-jitsu for me, and I think it is for you too, is that it's it's a ministry cloaked in combat, right? Yeah, for sure. Jiu-jitsu is absolutely all about building on the cornerstone of Christ for us. Well, the cool thing about if anybody, and anybody who comes to the school, you know, they, they stop by Zilla BJJ, they know for a fact the moment you walk in there, the vibe is chill. But if you're not connected to the to God, you're going to walk in there and think, oh, they just have a chill vibe and everything. Well, in reality, it's because we built the school on the cornerstone of Christ. And so when you walk in there, as that verse says, that building and that place is a dwelling place for God. Mm. So when people walk in there and they feel so at peace, they feel like, oh, man, y'all are so chill here and everything. It's so, you know, chill. Well, people take the word chill as love. Because there's so much love in that place. But nobody wants to walk around and say, in a jiu-jitsu school especially. Dude, like, the love is rad. The love is so hard in here, bro. <laughs> Dude, like, got big love. Yeah, nobody nobody wants to say that. But in reality, Christ is there. And the love you receive when you walk in there. I mean, we're not one of those schools who are like, oh, you're fresh meat. Like, no. a couple of white belts are going to take you off in the corner and abuse you. No. 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 We're, we're, we're all about just... Building relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that but higher than anything in life is all about relationship. I think if you take a look of the most important thing in life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you build off that cornerstone that every person that you come in contact with, that if, you know, of course, you're going to have good days and bad days. But if you really try to let the reflection of Christ shine through you, the relationships that you're going to build, the ones that are going to be built for Christ are going to be solid, you know? Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here lifting myself up and I'm not saying that I'm the greatest guy in the world, but dude, when God puts somebody in my life and tells me to love them, I love them. Like I big, like unconditionally without, I don't care what goes on like the second. And I know it's not a George thing because it's not in my flesh um, because the, my flesh is nasty and rotten and vile and evil. And it's not me following my heart. It's saying yeah. God saying yeah. I can feel it. Like I'm like all of a sudden I'm just like, man, I, I love this cat, you know, like and no matter what they do, I love them. And, and so that's kind of what you get at, at Zilla BJJ is just, that vibe, right? That vibe is is chill, and, and we go hard, and um, that's the that's that Ephesians two twenty through twenty two is the verse that we have in our logo, and we're just built off Christ, and man, good. Podcast. So if you're in the Central Texas area, or even farther, and you want to make your way down to little Eastland, Texas, do a Google search of Zilla BJJ two hundred one South Lamar, <laughs> right there on the corner uh, or of the courthouse i mean come out we'd love to train with you i mean just come out for sure come on a sunday 2 p.m yeah come on a sunday 2 p.m we'll have the jesus and jiu-jitsu bible study um don't have to train jiu-jitsu no come jesus for the jesus mandi- yeah the jesus is mandatory the jiu-jitsu is optional 
for sure. But now we're not going to, I will say that we're going to try to get you to do jujitsu. Yeah, but, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's just about it. That's it, man. And I think like, like we said, Jesus and jujitsu podcast at gmail.com. Yes, that's sir. our email question, comments, concerns, whatever prayer requests for sure. Prayer requests. Even if you have an unspoken request, you don't want to get into it. You're like, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, just, just say unspoken. Unspoken. We'll take we'll care it of it. Up. And when we say we pray for stuff, the moment we read that email, we're praying for it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, you can get contact with George at Zilla BJJ on Instagram, George Atcherson on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm at Bret Hart One on Instagram. And then Facebook, Bret Hart. Um, And I think that's it for this episode. That's it, man. Signing off. All right. Episode two, out.